Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm CB Derogi. This week, Big Water by Christina Grant. What do you need from us? Aisha asked Sonia for the third time that morning. It was uncomfortably hot inside the domed tent, one of dozens in the refugee camp. Aisha, a behavioral scientist, had volunteered as an intake worker when the Inserina first made contact. Sonia's skin rippled from brown to tangerine without exhibiting any recognizable body language. She swiveled in her chair to stare out the plastic window, a breeze dancing across the lakefront. After days of biological testing to rule out any threat of contagion and another week to process individuals and assign names that humans could pronounce, in Serena were placed in makeshift camps within several kilometers of the three landing sites, all in densely populated areas surrounding the Great Lakes, Chicago, Cleveland, and Toronto. In Serena didn't resemble humans any more than octopi did, but similarly were fantastic mimics. Their invertebrate bodies moved like a viscous liquid, settling into the confines of the space they occupied. Scientists believed they chose bipedal locomotion and assumed humanoid features to make Earth's inhabitants more comfortable around them. So human-like, Aisha mused. They could be Star Trek extras. Sonia was no exception. Apart from suction discs lining the undersides, her slender arms resembled a human's. Aisha leaned across the table. Why did you come here? Must. The cartilage-ringed mouth moved like a ventriloquist's dummy, opening and closing without giving shape to the words. The world was shocked when the first in Serena greeted humanity not only in English, but in Spanish, Chinese, Hindi, and Arabic. But language acquisition didn't guarantee easy dialogue. Meaningful communication was nearly impossible due to a lack of common experience combined with an incomprehension of intangible concepts. It's my job to understand your purpose. Aisha spoke slowly. What is purpose? Sonia's saucer-shaped eyes stared unblinkingly. Aisha tried a different approach. Do you have males? Yes. No. Streaks of crimson then blue flared across Sonia's head. A sign of emotion or negation? Aisha made a note. What happened to the males? Gone. Are they on your planet? No. Blue streaks. Are they dead? Red flickered. Please, have water? Aisha sighed. We are asking the wrong questions. No one had come close to determining a purpose. They had arrived with nothing. No weapons, no provisions, even their pod-like vessels, nine in total, had disintegrated upon touchdown. Scientists gathered vessel samples, mere dust, desperate to determine their means of propulsion. How could a species have anything but peaceful intentions 
when they arrived with nothing. Aisha marveled at how government agencies had resisted deeply-rooted instincts to blast the Inserina out of the sky the moment their ship had entered Earth's atmosphere. As Aisha opened the tent flap, sunlight hit Sonia's face. The skin of her forehead puckered into a protective visor. Terry, Aisha called to her co-worker outside. Water, please, and a coffee for me. Along the edge of the camp, protesters cast their holographic placards into the air. E.T. Go Home and Earth First. Idiots, Aisha growled. No surprise that we struggle to welcome a race of interplanetary refugees when countries block other humans from beyond their own borders. Terry returned moments later, setting down a tray with a cup of water, a mug of coffee, and a handful of creamers and sugar packets, then backed out of the tent. Aisha pushed the water in front of Sonia, whose four-fingered hand drifted to a packet of sugar. That's sugar. Do you want some? Tearing open the packet to show Sonia the contents, Aisha recalled reading an article on how basic sugar molecules, considered one of the building blocks of life, had been discovered at the edges of the galaxy. Sonia suctioned a few grains with a finger disc, then withdrew her hand. Do you need males for your species to reproduce? Aisha tried again. Our ship! She waited, but Sonia said nothing more. Noise erupted outside. Terry reappeared, holding up his wrist comm. Did you see this? He projected an image onto the tent wall. It was a report on the scientists' findings about the Inserina vessels. The pod residue is made up of the same DNA as the Inserina themselves? Aisha stood. That makes no sense. She turned to Sonia. What was your ship? Our males. Your males protected you on the trip? Until you found a new planet? Yes. Blue and orange whipped across her skin in a fireworks display. But where are they now? Aisha dropped another packet into her coffee, stirring as both the cellulose packing and the sugar dissolved. Dissolved. Oh, God. The males were the ship. They formed the escape pod. But why? This time, Aisha had directed the question to Terry, who shrugged. Please, Sonia implored. Big water. Aisha glanced at Terry. He ducked out, reappearing moments later with a pitcher of water. Sonia dipped a finger in the water. She stared at Aisha, then lifted an arm to reveal a row of spheres like giant translucent pearls, each one containing a small being, bodies undulating, skin changing colors, tentacles pressed up against the paper-thin membranes. Gently, Sonia plucked a sphere from under her arm and placed it in the glass pitcher. Aisha stared as the egg floated, then adhered to the side of the container. That's why they landed beside our planet's largest freshwater source, Terry whispered, his back against the canvas wall. It's the perfect brooding site. Aisha nodded, keeping her eyes on Sonia. Their entire journey... It's some kind of intergalactic migration. Then, softly to the alien mother, You need some place to hatch your young. Despite hearing many explanations in the years that followed, Aisha could never quite grasp the physics of it. How Sonia suddenly poured her body into the pitcher, spilling water across the table. 
she slid out just as easily to resume an impossibly human position on the chair. She pointed an appendage at the window. Outside, the lake glinted in the daylight. Please, she said, rainbows swirling along her body. Big water! This has been Big Water, written by Christina Grant. Manowaker Studios' flash fiction podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash manowaker to find out more. The flash fiction podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios' director of Dice is Ben Baston. The podcast is produced, edited, and narrated by me, C.B. Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter at C-B-D-R-O-E-G-E. Thanks for listening. On the next installment of Flash Fiction Podcast, If we don't get our documentation in order, the father said, we have to pay a $200 fine for every day that it's late for each of us.